Welcome to another episode. Wow. Okay, Whoa, that again. Good start. Yeah, yeah. Good start. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Two Idiots Podcast. I'm Reg. I'm Randy. And this episode is brought to you by New Bothwell Country Style Meats. Oh, boy. Yep. Like we said before, it's Randy's neighbor. It They're is. excellent. They're very close to me. Yeah. And I enjoy their products. 95 Main Street, New Bothell, Manitoba, approximately 20-ish minutes west of Steinbeck. Give or take. Yeah. It's a, it's a short jaunt from <laughs> jaunt. Steinbeck. A slight trip. A trek. <laughs> it's worth the trip. Ooh. Oh, boy. <laughs> More than Steinbeck is. Gimmick infringement. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, they do custom cut and wrap, wild game processing, quality meat cuts and sales. What else they got, Randy? They got old-fashioned farmer sausage. They got other smoke products. They got... All kinds of meat packages. They got barbecue packs. They got beef packs. They got all kinds of packs. Oh, they're packing. If you want it, they, they are packing. They're packing all kinds of meat. <laughs> and they're a friendly customer service. They're a business with integrity. And if you go in there, mention the Two Idiots podcast, get yourself some free sausage. Free sausage. Yeah. They're giving a ring of sausage to Two Idiots listeners. So head to New Bothwell Do and it. that's it. You can't get any better than free meat. Come on. <laughs> exactly. Do it. And today we have a treat, a very special guest, um, Mr. Wab Canoe. Welcome here. Hey, thanks for having me. <laughs> Introduce yourself to people who may not know who you are. Well, my name is Wab Canoe, and uh, I'm the leader of the NDP in Manitoba. Um, father to three boys and uh, devoted husband. And I'm um, happy to be here today. <laughs> Gave me a reason to come to New Bothwell. <laughs> for sure. Is, uh, I guess famous in my world for being, I think this is the hometown of my buddy Joe Dirksen, uh, oh, Dirte, who is um, oh, I think I know that MMA yes. fighter. He was in yes, the UFC yes, for a yeah. while there. Yeah, yeah. I've definitely and, heard of him. Yeah. yeah, and so I think this is where he's from originally, <laughs> yeah. so now next time I see him around, I can tell him like, tell oh, you're here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. He was a, I mean, he's a Dirksen, so that, that's pretty New Bothwell, so there's a ton of Dirksons around here, so that would make sense. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, like so welcome here. This is... This is, like I said, a treat for, mm-hmm. for listeners and for us. That's Absolutely. Nice. Yeah. Um, following you on the campaign trail and kind of, I guess, watching you progress. It was it was great. I, I, I like to see it. Mm-hmm. I personally don't like Brian Pallister, but that's my own, no, my own stance. No, I'm not a fan either. Um, okay. So at, at one point, I was uh, 25% of the NDP vote in our riding. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> at some point, we were looking yeah. at the stats. <laughs> I hear what yeah. you're saying. Yeah. yeah, yeah, a lot of good it did uh, for us, but I'm like, I can't, I can't. I gotta vote my conscience. Gotta yeah, yeah. Up. We both did. I remember looking at because I'm like, yeah, I went and voted. Reg went and voted. I'm like, Kate, we got four NDP and about ninety conservative. <laughs> yeah. At least we're trying. <laughs> we're getting it out there. How um, room to grow? Yeah. With with that with that being said, um, how was the results of the election as far as from your perspective, especially in ridings like Provence that are yeah mostly conservative. Right. Well, yeah, and all the ridings around here at the provincial level, anyways, like uh, Laverandre and Steinbach and. Um, like to Bonnie, um, we're uh, you know obviously we want to win. Of course, right? like with the Manitoba NDP, the Manitoba NDP has been the government in Manitoba for thirty of the last fifty years, basically, <laughs> right? right? Yeah. So the expectation is always to try and win, mm-hmm. sure. and like I, I learned that right away when I was chosen as the leader of the party in twenty seventeen. The first thing after they announced the victory and I walked off stage, this uh, this guy from Swan River stopped me and he said, listen, every NDP leader in the Manitoba NDP since Ed Schreier, 1969, mm-hmm. has become the premier of Manitoba. Oh. It was like the first thing I heard. So it, <laughs> no pressure. Yeah. So it was like a two-way thing. Like on the one hand, he's like, hey, we, 
I believe in you. Yeah. yeah. The other thing, like, you better get this done yeah. and yeah. get it done soon because yeah. that's don't the screw it up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we always we always want to win, but um, I think there's. Uh, some things that we're feeling really positive about. The main thing that I think we're positive about is this. We're the only party that increased our seat count in this election. Yeah. Everyone else lost seats, like right. both the PCs and the Liberals. And while well, the Green Party, uh, you know, they just stayed off the board. <laughs> yeah. But so we were the only party that uh, increased our seat count. So that was one really positive thing. And then the other positive thing is we, we got elected a bunch of new MLAs because we gained a few seats, but mm-hmm. then we also had people retiring in our oh, party. Right. Yeah. So we got like this whole new generation of Manitoba NDP MLAs. So like the new new members in places like Transcona, St. Vitale, St. James, Wolseley, uh, Union Station. These are all new MLAs. So there's 13 new MLAs in total right across the province. And oh, of those right. 13, 11 of them are on our team. Perfect. So almost all the new energy at yeah. the legislature, it's it's on our side. That's so we're fantastic. feeling really good about that. That's kind of the vibe actually that you get because uh, growing up, I mean, I was wasn't that politically active, um, but we were aware of Salinger and and, and mm-hmm. previous NDP governments, right. at least you know on the periphery. Um, but now, with with a lot of people, especially around here, <laughs> the rhetoric is that NDPs just want to piss away money and. Um, conservatives want to save you money right yeah. and that's kind of the, the thing and so everybody kind of always mm-hmm. uh you know essentially shits on ndps and yeah. I, I don't feel that way personally um but no, how, do, how do you I. go how do you get away <laughs> <laughs> of course not. How, how do you how do you separate yourself from the stigma of <clears throat> at least the perceived mismanagement of, of previous ndp governments or, or or is there even that perception other than here no i think you know um Part of the challenge we were dealing with in this election is in 2016, when the NDP were shown out of government, yeah. there was a message sent to our party by Manitobans, and it was yeah. mm-hmm. get back to basics and, and get out there and listen to what the people really want. And so to answer your question, I think that's what I got to continue to do. I think I did sort of step one of that leading into the 2019 election, you know, returning our party to basics and 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 getting back to what uh, people want us to do in this province. Mm-hmm. So when we go back over history... Like there's been really, really important things done under NDP leaders like Gary Dewar, the, the, the premier through much of the 2000s. He, he balanced the budget 10 years in a row. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Right. Yeah. So he was a premier for, for 10 budgets and 10 of them were balanced. Yeah. Right. Brian Pallister hasn't balanced the budget yet. <laughs> yep. Right. Filmin very few uh, balanced budgets during yeah. his era, if, if any at all. So um, there's actually a long history of NDP premiers being pretty good with the the books. Tommy Douglas, who's sort of like the saint of the NDP, <laughs> yeah. he was the Saskatchewan premier for like two decades. Yeah, uh, pretty much balanced the budget every year in Saskatchewan too. It's a recency bias thing, I guess. Well, it's always right. like uh, what uh, what people remember is kind of formed by what they're told by the media yeah, and advertising sure. and stuff like that. Yeah. Anyway, and a lot of other good things happen over the years, um, like Manitoba Hydro. Being built up, MPI, keeping rates cheap, um, having universal health care. You know, these are NDP things. So I think the challenge for me is just to remind people, like, we're on your side, too. Like, if you go back to those big names in the party's history, Tommy Douglas, one of the things he always said is you want to balance the budget because if you don't, then you're always going to be going back to the working person for more money. And that's not fair. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so I want people to understand that that's that's where I'm coming from, too. I want to do progressive things, whether it's on the environment, healthcare, education, but I want to do it in a way that makes you better off. 
rather than making you worse off right and so i think that's the challenge is we just got to keep communicating that it's a solid platform because that's Mm. that's sort of kind of (laughs) what what i can get behind right yeah being fiscally responsible wherever possible but you know being progressive and and trying to help yeah because take you know cutting taxes so what if it saves you 80 bucks a year? It's not going to, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, and I think it depends who too. Like, you know what I mean? Like what we had in our platform this time is we would have actually cut taxes for the middle class. Okay. Like on income taxes, yep, you'd right. be paying less if you're in the income tax. The only people who were going to um, ask to pay more was people earning a quarter of a million dollars uh, per year yeah. each. So like even if you're a couple, it wouldn't be your combined income. It would be right. your individual oh, okay. incomes, right? Yeah. Um, so I think that's a pretty progressive idea. And I think most people are probably on board with that too, right? Like if you're, especially the people that aren't making two hundred fifty percent which are I, I get behind 99% that, I think. of people. Yeah. Right? yeah. So, <laughs> no, yeah. that's cool. Um, speaking of the, of the election and the platforms is, um, is there anything looking back with hindsight that you would have done differently leading up to this recent election? Well, I think that, um, like we almost won Dauphin as an example. It was the second closest seat in the province, I mm-hmm. think, or it was one of the really close seats anyways. So we did really uh, focus on a lot of urban issues. And yeah. I think maybe, you know, spending a bit more time and actually maybe um, doing a few more announcements that were focused on some of the rural issues is probably something right. that, I, that I would like to take back. The, uh, the, the thought process, though, is like we had people, like I actually had this very well-respected woman from Swan tell me, um, you know, you got to build up the city first. Like she basically told me like a tough conversation. She's like, you're yeah. not going to do it in one election. This uh, is like a yeah, two right. election project yeah, in terms yeah. of rebuilding the party. First thing you should do is rebuild the city and then you should um, come back for the rural seats that we could win. And so that was kind of where we we're coming from. But having looked at it, a lot of uh, like uh, cattle producers and a lot of other um, people in the Parkland region, a lot of people in the interlake had a really tough year yeah. on account of first drought and then flooding conditions. Right. And then that winter storm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Big storm, yeah. um, which happened after the election. But still, oh, like the yeah, yeah, um, yeah. just the overall year was just just wild. It was a tough one for sure. Extremes, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. And so just I think us just what I said on election night is we we were calling on the province to, to start the uh, agri recovery program. So probably I should have said that maybe three or four days earlier. (laughs) (laughs) So that's one of the examples I guess that I could think of. That's fair. Other than that, though, like, you know, it was a big learning experience for me. Um, First time running province wide. And so I learned a ton and I feel like I'll be able to run a a really strong campaign next time. Perfect. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Get your foot in the door. And now now you kind of know where you got to go, what you got to do. And And to meet people, too. You know, um, in New Bothwell (laughs) and everywhere. Right. Like, you know, I had a certain amount of name recognition before, but I think now a lot of more people saw me Mm -hmm. probably I don't even if you didn't pay super close attention to the election maybe you saw the election night uh, speech and maybe the debate or one or two things like that so hopefully people just remember you know next time around yeah we're strong on healthcare. we care a lot about that and you know we're Mm -hmm. we're positive and we're you know at least in political terms, we're like a young team. We're not young, yeah. young, yeah. but yeah. compared to the other politicians, yeah. like out Barack there, Obama, young. Yeah. No. yeah, we're like thirty and forties yeah. rather yeah. than uh, you yeah. know, whatever else. But uh, yeah, so big learning experience, and overall, you know, I think uh, a positive step. No, yeah, for sure, for sure. absolutely. Yeah, you got yeah. no, I just think the uh, like that's kind of thing. You know, the, I think the youth is really behind the NDP as a party. Most of the people that we associate with or we all geared towards NDP in our, in our votes and stuff. And, and I think that's going to be a big factor for you guys going forward as more young people get out and start to vote. And I think it'll be a big, big piece here. 
yeah demographic yeah i hope so and i think part of it is just to make sure young people actually do vote because i i do think there is still uh, a lack of participation mm-hmm. there's lower participation yeah, absolutely lower voter turnout at, at the same point especially around here in our riding it doesn't really like if unless you're going to vote you know the party line, quote unquote, unquote. Right. You're kind of. It's not going to do a lot. That's yeah. the problem. Well, I you kind of you deal with generational voting here yeah. too, right? A lot of people around here are. Well, my family has always voted conservative, yeah. so I'm voting conservative, right? Yeah. So it's hard to break that. It's cycle. almost like a cultural thing, right? It is. Yeah. yeah. It absolutely is. I've I've even asked my dad. I was like, "This is in past elections. I don't even know if he voted this year or not." But I, I asked him. I was like, "So you're going to vote for?" He's like, uh, "Conservative." I'm like, "Okay, why?" Uh, I hated John Crichton. I'm like. <laughs> uh, okay cool yeah like but that a, that is how voters make up yeah, their minds course, though sometimes yeah, for sure. yeah, like, he hasn't he hasn't been a prime minister for a decade and a half but okay yeah. right that's that's what's gonna influence you and that's right sure <laughs> and i'd even be curious why he hated john Critchin. yeah you know what i mean like was there something he French, did or was it <laughs> yeah. yeah was it uh yeah, there's a french some thing other I reason i don't know so i think i don't understand it either way <laughs> right but, uh, but yeah um while while you're running, or even in general, in your, in your position, um, is there any pressure to whitewash yourself or appear less indigenous? Do you feel like? Well, I, I can't really do that. I mean, I'm <laughs> like everyone who sees well, me from a mile away is like, "All right, here comes here comes Wab. Let me think of the two indigenous people yeah. I know and ask him ask him if he's ever met them before." Uh, so no, not really. And I I mean like I I. I'm Let very, me be clear. Nor should you. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Like don't don't get me wrong. That's the, not no, the no. question. But yeah. No, I, I hear what you're yeah. saying about it because I do think that there is this whole question about like identity politics versus maybe more bread and butter issues like, yeah. uh, you know, how much pay are you going to get and, you know, where's the hospital going to be located in your area? Mm-hmm. Some issues like that versus questions around language and background and stuff like that or gender issues, things like that. So I, I think that that's all out there. For me, though, like I am who I am and I'm very proud of it. Like with a name like Wab Canoe, like it's and, you know, just looking the way that I look, I'm not going to be able to pass as anything other. Like I'm obviously Anishinaabe, I'm Ojibwe, and uh, I like to, you know, I like to go to powwows. I like to dance. I, I raise my kids with our uh, belief system. Like, you know, they say their prayers at night and they say it mm-hmm. in the Ojibwe language. And that's that's, that's just cool. how we do yeah. it at our house. Right. Same way that, yeah. you know, a Mennonite household or a Catholic household mm-hmm. or. Punjabi household they're gonna they're gonna do it their way um so that's who I am and um I think that uh you know on the political side I don't I don't think that um that's that's something that I feel anyways like some sort of pressure to 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 conform on on a cultural level I'm just out here doing my thing and I think that as I get a chance to talk to people, I realize that, well, okay, so what are we saying in the prayers at night with my kids? Or what are the things that I've, you know, taken out of my culture that I think are really positive and um, good uh, lessons? And it has to do with being hardworking. It has to do with, you know, respecting uh, the people who came before you. It has to do with, you know, leaving things better than you found it. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot of similarity between that and probably most other cultural backgrounds that people grew up in. So I actually think it's it's a positive thing. And if anything gives us something to talk about when we can compare and be like, okay, well, those two, you know, maybe it's a cultural celebration or a spiritual thing. There's yeah. some similarities there. And then mm-hmm. we can kind of kind of bond on that. That's neat. 
uh, especially after reading your book, I, I want to attend a powwow. I don't know if I'm allowed to, but... <laughs> well, you definitely <laughs> are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you definitely are. You might have to drive a little bit uh, to get to one. Like Ro- Roseau River or, yeah. or uh, Winnipeg is probably the closest. Maybe Northwest Angle uh, yeah. in the other direction. But yeah, it's uh, like a powwow, I guess, uh, just for listeners who don't know, it's a, it's a dance celebration and it's really more of a, it's a, more of a social thing rather than like a religious or a spiritual Mm -hmm. thing. Yeah. There are religious, uh, ceremonies like the Sundance that Mm -hmm. are more like serious and more about prayer. And there, there are prayers that are said at a powwow, but really it is more about like a social thing, visiting your relatives, getting together, celebrating. So, and one of the things about indigenous cultures is that like we don't ask people to give up their way in order to participate in ours. Mm-hmm. So you could still, you know, be a Christian or you could still be a Buddhist and uh, come and participate. And, you know, we're not going to ask you to like um, pledge allegiance to some other <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to some other thing that you're not comfortable with. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah. So just to answer the question. Yeah. You should come out. There's a big powwow at the convention center in May. And so uh-huh. anybody wants to, to check out a powwow and just see see the more social celebratory side of it you know come down on that weekend in may and you know yeah just feel welcome that'd be cool and, uh, take a look yeah i actually like that because again that's one of the overarching themes that i got from your book was that um uh basically that you can believe different things but still you know the community is stronger than um kind of individuality or whatever or that on some base level you're kind of all believing the same thing <laughs> in that if you're believing in like an overarching creator mm. and and you know spirituality and protecting the earth and each other um i found that kind of beautiful especially um where you're talking about where your dad with you know the residential school survivor and now interacting with the catholic church in a way that that i don't know if i would be able to do mm-hmm. <laughs> obviously having no connection to that in that way um it's powerful i i, I enjoy that well that that was what I wanted to write the book for is that I saw my dad go on this journey where he started life in a very traditional way and then he got thrown into the residential school thing and then there it was the emissaries of God like the representatives of God (laughs) who were doing these really bad things yeah and then he had to deal with the aftermath and then he reconnected with the traditional side but then after that he also reconnected with the 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 Christian side too Mm -hmm. right and then after watching him go through his end of life journey, it just made me realize, like, especially in like the last week or so, it's not like he was sitting there like, uh, which denomination are you yeah. if you're coming to visit him or what's your cultural background? Yeah. He was just very open and accepting of everyone. And so it just kind of let me know um, that like whatever spiritual uh, practice you have, whatever cultural background you come from, even whatever party affiliation you have, really. Like all that stuff doesn't really matter um, a ton in the end, right? We're all mm-hmm. just human beings. We live in this same place and uh, we're connected to each other because you're going to be living just down the road or just down the highway from me. So yeah. we might as well figure out how to make this thing work as best we can. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. You have a question? Uh, nothing in particular right now, but yeah, that's the biggest thing, right? Just, you know, we're all we're all just people at the end of the day. Um but even as I had a question for you too, like just what made you want to venture into politics and kind of get into this this game? Yeah, well, I did um, always have an opinion, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah. But like I'm the guy who's like, you know, this is an outrage, you know, when you're sitting around <laughs> with your friends and yeah. you're fired up and. You know, used to get teased a lot, like, oh, you should write a letter, you know, go write a letter about that. <laughs> yeah. That sounds really serious. Yeah. Uh, so I always had an opinion and I was on the sidelines. Mm-hmm. And then in, um, I guess in the lead up to the 2015 election, 
Um, I was approached by a few parties to run for them federal. Oh, wow. Um, and so I talked to a few of those parties. Uh, but then, you know, I had kids, uh, at the time they would have been about, I guess, eight and six roughly. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was talking to the, to these various parties and I just thought like, that's not good. Like either uprooting them away from their friends and extended family to move to Ottawa or, you know, me being in Ottawa from Sunday mm-hmm. to Thursday every week or Sunday right. to Friday every yeah. week. So I said, so no, that's not for me. Like family is really important to me. For sure. So I, I passed. I said no. Um, but then in the lead up to the 2016 provincial election, I, um, I, I was approached again to run for the NDP. And um, I just thought about it and I was like, yeah, you know what? This is a good time to get involved because... Obviously, the NDP is going to lose this election. Um, Brian Palliser is going to become the premier. I don't think he's the right choice for Manitoba. So, right. you know, there's probably a, some some role I can play in helping to rebuild things and maybe being a strong opposition, a strong alternative. And then on the personal side, yeah, there's going to be long days. But at the same time, at the end of the day, I'll, I'll still be going home right. to my kids. Right. Yeah. And so I'll still be able to get them ready in the morning and still like tuck them in uh, at night, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So it was just a better fit. So, yeah. So For I decided sure. to go provincial. And the basic feeling or the basic reason was that it was just like, you know, I always had an opinion and I figured it was time to put <laughs> yeah. my money where my mouth was. Yeah, for sure. So Write I jumped that letter, in. Right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> so I jumped in and yeah, I was lucky to get elected and then lucky to run for leader and get chosen by the party. And then now I've been very fortunate to, to run for premier, you know, that's and cool. I never forget that I am fortunate to have the seat that I have in the legislature. Like there's only been a few hundred MLAs in our province's history. Mm-hmm. And how many people get to run for premier, right? Like yeah, probably yeah. only a few dozen yeah. Manitobans in all, in all of history have done it. Right. So yeah. I always feel pretty, pretty lucky and uh, try and stay humble about that. Well, you should be extra humble. You're now sitting in New Bothwell. Yeah, that's right. absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so if you ever need a lesson in humility, you they're come like, right back. Like, what's, <laughs> what's he doing in the basement over yeah. there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, writing that letter all the way down yeah. to New Bothwell. Yeah. That's right. <coughs> Speaking of the federal level, is uh, Jagmeet Singh as cool as he seems? Yeah. yeah. I was talking to these conservative staffers, like they work at the legislature and hopefully I'm not like, you know, telling any uh, secrets here, but I, they asked me the same thing at the Christmas party for the ledge. Yeah. Like, is he really like that? And I'm yeah. like, uh, yeah, no, he's a rock That's star awesome. and he's like that 24 yeah. seven first thing in the morning right till late at night. And then like I was telling them this and they were like so disappointed like yeah. they're, just, they're just like visibly deflated yeah. they're like oh we wanted it to be an act and, you know yeah. that was kind of their reaction looking for some dirt yeah <laughs> but no he's really like that like he he's been coming out on a political level since before he ran for the leadership of the federal party okay. and so i've been you know lucky to get to know him and uh, show him around a bit here in winnipeg a few of the times that he's visited and yeah like so we've been together like all day on a few occasions and, and he is like that from cool. the first moment he wakes up right till the end of the day when you're at some event and you're shaking the last few hands of people in the yeah. room and he's he's got that positive outlook and well spoken and he's yeah. got the twinkle in his eye so yeah, yeah no he's he's a really uh, really unique guy and very charismatic for sure <laughs> I loved it in the in the federal debates when when they kept calling him um, Mr. Shear Oh yeah, <laughs> and he's always just like, "I'm wearing an orange turban." He's yeah. <laughs> he had a lot of good lines in yeah, those debates. Oh I yeah. yeah, yeah. I was very talking to my mom about him the other day because we, I said, you know, we were having an interview with you, and she goes, 
So yeah, I don't know much about you know Jagmeet Singh, but man, is he ever sexy? I was like, hey, I guess we both you both. He's a good-looking man. Yeah. That's great. Just kind of, he's got some style too. Oh, eh? for yeah. sure. Suits yeah. and uh, and again, hopefully, I'm not revealing too many uh, trade secrets here. But he he was telling me like the key to his look is like he doesn't wear a flashy tie or flashy pocket square because yeah. the turban is right. like his. Yeah, element that for pops, sure. right? Yeah. So the suit is usually always gray or blue, or it's kind of a darker uh, color, right. and then it'll have like orange turban or pink like turban that, right. or what it's have a signature. you. Right, because like if I was gonna wear a suit, then I, I'm gonna wear like a pink tie or <laughs> yeah. an orange tie or something yeah. like that, just to kind of stand out. But mm-hmm. his his approach is different, and it's kind of based on his yeah. own his own look. That's great. Yeah. Anyways, back to you. Um, <laughs> um, well, where was I here? Um, as a as a traditional spiritual indigenous guy, uh, how do you yeah. how do you balance your traditional teachings uh, while working kind of within our you know our European style of government? Is is there ever have issues kind of you know putting the two together? I think I think um, it's like with anybody the the real test of your beliefs is when things get difficult. Sure, right, and so whether you're a person of faith or you know. Um, you're not, whether you're a uh, you know, traditional Ojibwe person, Anishinaabe person such as myself, or whether you're Christian, I think the real test of your beliefs is like, can you stay true to them when the going gets tough or when it's unpopular to do so? Sure. And so for me, I think that, um, you know, I've been able to do that because, uh, you know, like along the way, um, this is before politics, I was in media and uh, I had a chance to do a TV show uh, 2011, we were making the TV show and started to get some like uh, attention and you know positive eight, praise. Eight something eight, eight fire, eight yeah, eight. yeah. It was a, it was like a documentary series yeah. on reconciliation, and so I started to do that. And I was telling my dad like, you know, I don't know about doing all this media in downtown Toronto and you know uh, New Bothwell also. I was on, my <laughs> radar, <laughs> on my radar at the time, uh, but like you know, you're in like CTV or you know you're yeah. on these talk shows mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So I don't know about like staying humble and staying connected. How am I going to do that? And he said, well, you know, just use the pipe, meaning just use our traditional way of life and sure. make time to, to pray or make time to uh, be out on the land, which is another important part of mm-hmm. our culture. So I really try and do that and, um, you know, take the time to to be thoughtful, too. Like, I think the other challenge we have nowadays, like with phones and, you know, texting and Facebook and Twitter and Instagram is there's always a... Um, you're, you always lean towards responding quickly. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. not always going to lead to good outcomes. Yeah. 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 You either say something thoughtless or maybe another piece of information comes out and it changes yeah. the whole thing. Yep. Like with this plane crash, right? Like yeah. if you responded on day one, obviously now it looks a lot different than <laughs> right. that. And that's just yeah. an example. So I think it's also about trying to, trying to, you know, not be too knee jerk and, and just, uh, try and be thoughtful with things. Yeah. I like that. That yeah. seems like a pretty good response for a politician to make. <laughs> you know, like a, that's sort of like what you'd want from a politician, right? Like, is that like, I'm not even being facetious. That, yeah. That's kind of what you'd want to hear is that, that, that our leaders are, 
are being thoughtful. You know, they yeah. want to connect with nature. They want to connect with the people. They, you know, that sounds great. I, mm-hmm. I like it. <laughs> yeah. And I did like try at the beginning to not be a politician. Like that's yeah. one of the things I told myself. Like right. wh- first time I walked into the legislature um, and then we had uh, like a question period and a day of debate and I saw the heckling. <laughs> I was like, this is awful. This is <laughs> <Yeah>. terrible. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I think my kids could never act like this in school. Oh yeah. Um, I would never be able to act like this in, you know, any like a normal workplace yeah, I could right. never get away with talking like that to, to somebody else I work with and I was like I'm not gonna let this place change me that's mm-hmm. the thing I told myself at the end of day one I don't want this place to change me and obviously that you can't do that right you spend years in a place it's gonna change you mm-hmm, no matter sure. what but at least I try and remind myself you know not to get too caught up in the bubble that can sometimes yeah. surround politics and uh, like you know get too uh too far away from you know the things that i want to do which is basically just to make manitoba a better place yeah. right? say, if you ever need a connection to reality a little humility you come back anytime you like yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, actually, it's always here for you don't even worry about it <laughs> that's right i have to do that uh no that's awesome um I mean, speaking of making Manitoba a better place, you got the segues just lined up with my questions. Yeah, this is, this yeah. is good. This is good. It's almost like you've done this before. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what would you say um, the current government is doing poorly if you got to take one thing? And if possible, what have they done care. well? <laughs> yeah, no, I think the hell, what we can uh, see if I dodge the second part of your question <laughs> and get away with it. But uh, definitely the healthcare thing. So, like, if, if you watch the campaign, if you heard me say one thing, you probably heard me say healthcare, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. over and over and over during the campaign. And I think even the reason why we had the election last year was because of healthcare. Right. They knew that healthcare was getting worse and like the, the closure of the ERs and some of the other cuts that they made was going to make the situation worse. And they wanted to have an election before that because mm-hmm. uh, obviously it's going to be much more difficult for them to get elected. Like if the election were held right now, yeah. there, there, there'd probably be a... Um, a di- slightly different outcome, maybe a minority government. Who knows? Right. Anyway, but it's 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 the healthcare stuff. Like, regardless of where you are in the province, I think you've probably either you personally have or you got a secondhand story about healthcare being bad over the holidays. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Like you've either you personally were in an ER waiting room or you saw like the guy with the broken arm on Facebook who was waiting for five yeah. days yeah. for a surgery. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Or some relative of yours couldn't get into a clinic or what have you. Cause it seemed like everybody got sick over the holidays. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Myself and, included. Yeah. Right. And my, my family too, we were all uh, battling the bug, but for whatever reason, uh, the healthcare system, basically they tried to tell you that they were cutting the fat in healthcare, but what they actually did was they cut the system down to the bone. Mm -hmm. And then when there's any kind of little bump in, in patients because of say the flu or, you know, even like, let's say a bad car accident, it just totally overwhelms the healthcare system. Yeah. Yeah. And now that's happening outside the perimeter as well. Like I heard from many people in places like Arburg, Dauphin, um, Gimli, that their ERs were shut down over the holidays because of lack of staffing. Uh, right. Yeah. So where do those people go? Yeah. Right. It, some of the Interlake ones might go to Selkirk, but most of the other folks are going to go to uh, Winnipeg. Right. Mm, yeah. And then it just becomes like a snowballing type of thing. Of course. And so those are the problems we're seeing right now. And now what the government has announced is that they're going to do phase two of their healthcare plan, <laughs> which is outside the perimeter. Oh, so good. basically everything that they did inside the perimeter oh. in their first term, they're now going to look to replicate 
in oh, because it works Southern so well. Health. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Without learning any lessons, yeah. Uh-huh. So they can do that in Southern Health, Prairie yeah. Mountain, Interlake, East right. Man, uh, Norman. In many uh, places that are well. a lot more remote, and if they only have one hospital within three hours of themselves, and in some cases, like I, you, we can't start. <laughs> I yeah. don't know. It's 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 flawed. I have I have a couple of friends that are nurses, and they're just talking about just the unbelievable strain, and and they were saying that. Uh, the one I was talking, she's a she's a NICU uh, nurse, and she said that they have six or so uh, fellow nurses that are that are going on mat leave. I think, well, this year that I talked to her last year, and she's like, well, based on how they have it set up right now, they're not hiring any temps, and so basically whoever is currently here has to now cover the load of all these people right. on mat leave, and it's now you just, got nurses working yeah. doubles and triples, and, which yeah. they already were, yeah. and now and getting mandated. Yeah. So like, if you say no to an overtime shift, you could. Yeah, mm-hmm. lose your job or be yeah, disciplined, which, which seems super super great. That's wonderful. I'm really happy that that's what uh, what the government is doing. That's, uh, <laughs> it seems to be working out very well. Um, yeah. So I mean, that's that's a huge concern, and um, I think one of the challenges, I guess, that you know we have around communicating that is you know a lot of people get healthcare right away. Particularly if you need healthcare, it's yeah. the most important thing. Like when you're having a baby, healthcare yeah. is like yeah. the most important Absolutely. thing for the yeah. midwife or the, for the delivery room. All those things. For if sure. you're a senior and maybe you you need to go to the hospital more often, it's a big thing. But then there's a lot of Manitobans who think it doesn't affect them, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think the challenge for us is just to remind people: well, one, you do need healthcare because it should be strong for you when you need it and you don't expect it. Yeah. Like say you have an accident yeah. at work or an accident yeah. on a highway or what have you. That's exactly when you want an ER to be staffed yeah. up and to not <laughs> yeah. better to have it and not, not have, have in the to use it than to, you know. Yeah. yeah. And then the other thing is just I think it's it's a bigger it's a bigger statement, but it's basically just like we're all better off as Manitobans when we're all uh, able to access a, a good good healthcare system. Yeah. Right. And so I think the the same thing goes for education too, right? Yeah. Um, right now, the bunch of kids across the province, including in, in many rural communities, a lot of kids go to school hungry. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, I think if there's one thing we all agree on, it's probably that no kids should be going hungry. So nope. if we yep. could do that, we're probably if we could feed those kids at school, we're probably doing something that we all agree is right. But then it's going to benefit us too because if those kids go to school, able to study less likely to have problems, more likely to have success, then all of us as Manitobans are better off in that situation yeah. too. Absolutely. I mean, we yeah. should be, yeah, we should be striving to help the next generation. Um, and that, that's that's what I feel like many of the of these cuts and, and the platform of, of many conservative parties is it's very short term. It's very, uh, we're going to do this right now to do that. But instead of actually thinking about what's going to happen in five years from now, what's yeah. going to happen from a year from now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, right. Like, so even if you were looking at it from like a straight, uh, dollars and cents perspective or what does this mean for my tax bill perspective yeah. it, here's an example this is a concrete example i would share with you if somebody has type 2 diabetes and needs to have their toe amputated that costs our healthcare system $13,500 wow. so 13 wow. grand 500 for a pinky toe to be <laughs> yeah. amputated yeah the visit from a home care nurse uh, to take care of someone's feet costs $50 yeah right so what is we could get in the whole moral argument, but what's the the smarter financial move, right? <laughs> yeah. And what we've been doing so far under this this current government is you got a, a government basically and a premier like just yelling at the healthcare system. We need to get this surgery from thirteen thousand five hundred to twelve thousand five hundred, right? <laughs> I mean, the answer is no, <laughs> no. Spend the fifty bucks yeah. now yeah. in the community. 
once, a couple times a year. Yep. So you don't have to spend the 13500 at all, exactly. right? And so I think that that whole shift to more prevention would be huge in health, but it'd be huge in a lot of other things too. Education, sure. family stuff, mm-hmm. justice system could all benefit from uh, focusing way more on prevention. 100%. So you're still sidestepping. They haven't done anything you, you give them credit for? Um, <laughs> Did he have a nice well, suit one day that you saw? No, you know what? Like the, uh, the um, what, I forget the name, the Bill 21 stuff, you know, where he called out the Quebec. Oh, uh, okay. Right. Yeah. The Quebec. Yeah, I agreed with the premier on that. Fair. Yeah, I thought that uh, it was important. Like we all want religious freedom. We don't want the government to tell us what we can or cannot believe, or even the sure. freedom to, uh, to to say, no, I'm not a religious person, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So I thought, yeah, that was something I could agree with. There you go. Yeah. Tim <laughs> and, you, and you remembered. You didn't let me skate. <laughs> didn't let me skate by. Oh, I wasn't going to let that slide. We asked the hard questions. Yeah, here right. Hard hitting podcast. in your Bothwell, Manitoba. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, one thing I give him credit for is, uh, especially, <laughs> I mean, it's a silly situation, the whole Wexit thing. Um, oh, yeah. His stance on that where he's like, we're not going to separate. Yeah. <laughs> like, attaboy. Otherwise, yeah. eh. but that that I was like, okay, good, good. That's that's good. That seems like a media thing, though. I don't know. Do you do you do you guys uh, see a ton of that? Like, well, uh, actually, we were talking about. We recorded uh, yesterday, actually, okay. for another episode, and we were talking about. Apparently, they just passed. Um, they're now allowed. Yeah, I don't have the article here anymore, but they um, they're going to be able to run as an official party in the next federal election as the Wexit party. Really? Whatever. Yeah, they're going to be looking for for I guess MLAs and, and yeah. representatives and stuff and. Uh, kind of feel like they need a new name. Like, I don't like do. the name Wexit. It sounds weird. It sounds like a It can make me think of, up. like, Wiggity 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 yeah, Wiggity right. Whack. Like the crisscross thing from back in the day. Exactly. Wiggity Wexit. <laughs> I don't know. That's yeah. just me. I'm not their target That'll be their audience, so obviously. So. Nor am I. Yeah, so I it's super flawed. But apparently the plan, quote unquote, if they so have a plan, is yeah. to separate Alberta first and then get, uh, you know, the other western yeah. provinces on board. I'm like, eh. Hard pass. I'm okay. Yeah. I'm okay. Yeah. No thanks. Yeah. I yeah. Like I don't quite understand it, but um, yeah, like I said, I'm not the target market for <laughs> no. that. For that. Nor message. am I. No, <laughs> I definitely not. Uh, I don't think it's going to do anything. It's going to be a People's Party of Canada all over again. I think uh, get one percent and no seats. That sounds perfect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. No, the People's Party definitely. They also got a lot of media attention. And, yeah, more than they should have. Got on the debate stage. Yeah. And. Uh, yeah, it didn't really amount to much. No, which is great. End. I was happy to see that. I was a little bit, a little bit concerned. Um, <laughs> when you mentioned crisscross, there, have you, uh, <laughs> have you? Um, um, Challenged Pallister to a rap battle yet? Or? Oh no! I think my political handlers would freak out. <laughs> my press person would, uh, you know, run and press stop on your recorder there. If I started to do that, that would be great. Uh, no, right here. Yeah, well, you can drop that mic. That's fine. I have like very, like uh, conscientiously not tried to put any two rhyming words together in my legislative career so far. But uh, my kids were actually telling me they're like, "Dad, you should rap again." Like over the holidays, yeah. they were telling me that. I was like, "Really? You wouldn't be embarrassed to see your dad rapping?" <laughs> they're like, "No, that would be cool." Do it. Yeah. Until you actually That'd do it. Until I actually like, do it. Yeah. 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 Then they're like, "You know what? Yeah." On yeah, second thought, that is kind of embarrassing. <laughs> that's cool. But again, yet another perfect segue. I actually had that question written down the the rap battle thing. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, yeah. So then. Um, I guess we can go back to some serious stuff here. As far as uh, kind of addiction issues in, in Winnipeg, um, there's obviously no silver bullet, but mm-hmm. kind of what what can we do? Because, uh, again, I know a lot of people uh, talking very, 
coarsely about it. Like, yeah. A guy I know was talking about, oh, you know, we should just, just shoot him, he says. Yeah. And I was just like, well, what, don't you think well, that's don't kind of skipping a that, bit? Yeah. No, absolutely not. I was like, I, there's in what universe does that make sense? Yeah. But um, what would you say is, um, you know, what's your strategy? or if, yeah. you know, What kind of steps can we take? Yeah. So the first thing I'd say is that, like, this is an issue that affects the whole province. 100%. And, uh, yeah. you know, I remember being a news reporter 10 years ago and coming to Steinbach to cover stories about, you know, kids who are getting locked up uh, mm-hmm. for stealing cars or for yep. being involved with crystal meth. Right. Yep. And so this yep. is a longstanding issue. Yep. Right. And I'm sure you guys saw we went to high school in Steinbach. Yeah, exactly. Know. People you grew up with, you probably <laughs> yeah. saw some of the same signs as well. Yep. And it, it's the same thing today. You may see the signs most visibly in downtown Winnipeg. Like you yep. come down for a Jets game, you're going to drive by homeless camps. You're going to mm-hmm. see people on the street, but this is a province wide issue and it happens in, you know, Westman. It happens in this part of the province it happens in the north and the interlake parkland everywhere so if i could back up i guess the short answer is i want like a human response and uh, a response that tries to 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 help us all work through that and i think that that means you know you got to be tough with some people in some situations and you got to be very compassionate with people in Mm -hmm. other situations so kind of like a velvet glove iron fist kind of approach if you will and what I mean by that is this. So this this will take the, like the longer explanation here. But about a year ago, I started doing uh, like a research project, and I eventually wrote a report on what I heard from a bunch of experts on addiction, mm-hmm. because the media was going every day the meth crisis, the meth crisis. Yeah. There's a meth crisis, and so I started asking people, "What do you think about the meth crisis?" And right away, to a person, all these doctors, addictions counselors, people who work in the community. They all said, we don't have a meth crisis. We have an addictions crisis yeah. mm-hmm. that is currently manifesting through meth use. Yeah. And for me, that was like a really important insight to make because the next thing that comes out of that is that even if you were able to snap your fingers and the police and the RCs were able to get all the meth off the streets everywhere in Manitoba, the people who are addicted would find something else yep. to use, whether 100%. it's pills or whether yep. cocaine, alcohol. Yep. In some, and part of the proof that you know some of these people were offering, they're saying because like, look what happens, for example, in a dry reserve where you remove any kind of intoxicant. Yep. People in those cases who are struggling with addictions will use other solvents yep. or you yep. know paint or glue or what We've have. We've had people break into. Um, like porta potties at work and take the hand sanitizer yeah, and exactly the hand yeah. sanitizer is another example yeah. right so it's not necessarily the substance obviously you you need police to arrest people who are trafficking or like you know dealing things like that but just doing that won't address the underlying issue 100%. and the underlying issue is that we have way too many people in Manitoba who for whatever reason are prone to addiction so I was asking so what makes somebody likely to have an addiction problem and then they were saying. It has to do with unresolved trauma. Mm-hmm. So you experience some traumatic experience in your life. And then if you have a healthy way to deal with it, then you go to counseling and, you know, maybe you have some kind of like men's group, women's group. Maybe you do like you go to the gym a ton. Those are healthy outlets. If you don't have a healthy outlet, then addiction becomes your way to self-medicate. Yeah. Your addiction becomes the unhealthy way that you deal with that trauma. And a lack of community too. You're kind of by yourself or you're, you know, you don't have that, that yeah, network. The, the help that's isn't right. there, right? Yeah. That's why you're going yeah. to these substances to help yourself. For sure. 
Yeah, I think that's right. And so in Manitoba, we have a lot of people who've been broken by the residential schools, the 60s scoop, or the child and family services system. And so they experience traumatic abuse either in their home or being placed in a foster home, maybe, or in a residential school, whatever the case may be. They had a rough childhood. Mm -hmm. We have a lot of people... Most of those folks are indigenous. Uh, we have a lot of people from all backgrounds, maybe who are, grew up in situations of poverty. And what happens with poverty is, let's say you have an underlying mental health issue. If you're growing up in poverty, then you're less likely to get the meds or whatever treatment yep. you need for it. Plus, the stress of trying to make ends meet can maybe push you mm-hmm. over the edge. Then we got veterans who like maybe see really difficult things and they suffer from, from PTSD. And I don't think our federal government has done a good enough job of treating veterans fairly. So you have veterans who are maybe more susceptible on account of PTSD and other things. And then you just have other people who experience whatever trauma it is. Maybe they got into a car accident. Maybe, you know, some random thing happened to them in life and they haven't been given closure for it. Mm -hmm. So for whatever reason, we have all these people in Manitoba and we don't really have an effective way to get them the help that they need. And so I think that's where the attention should really be. It should be on preventing future people from becoming vulnerable to addictions by remaking the family system and the justice system to help prevent us from making more people in the future who suffer from these things. Let's treat veterans uh, fairly. Um, And then also for the people who are currently struggling, let's find housing, job opportunities, treatment opportunities, and a way for people to actually get into those programs. And I think there's a big barrier there as well. Like I represent Osborne Village as part of my constituency. And so I was talking to a guy there who's high on meth. You can tell because he's like, you know, a little jumpy and his eyes were darting around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And everyone like that day was talking to me about treatment, treatment, treatment. Some people are saying treatment's good. It works. Other people were arguing to me, no, treatment doesn't work. It's, you know, we should focus on these other things ahead instead. And so I asked this guy, what do you think about treatment? And the thing that he said was very eye opening. He said, well, I would go to treatment, but the only way for me to go to treatment is if I get arrested. Uh, And I don't want to get arrested. Right. And like from this guy on the street who's living under a bridge, He's probably like the prime target of who we want to like help of course, for get sure. out of that situation. Absolutely. The guy's actually smart. He was showing me writing. The guy was a good writer. You know, the guy's employable. You know yeah. what I mean? He could be in a, a job setting. He could be in an office setting even. But for whatever reason, he went into a foster home and then he went into the youth center and then just like the revolving door, right? Mm-hmm. And then yeah. went down that path. And not to make uh, excuses, but just to say all of us are the product of our environments, <laughs> yeah, right? Sure. Yeah. And for some of us, the environment that formed us was like, you know, good hockey coaches and teachers and families. And for other folks, it was much different. So anyways, so there needs to be a way for that guy who, when he wants to clean up, even if it's at two in the morning on a Friday, that there's somewhere for him to just say, Hey, I want to, I want to get out of this. Right. And right now that doesn't exist. Yeah. Right. There's no place for him to go. And even some of the homeless shelters, which is why you're seeing the, um, homeless camps increase they don't accept people who are using whether it's alcohol or oh, really? drugs right. and stuff like that yeah they have like uh, a abstinence policy in a lot of them huh. and that's not to criticize them at all no, they do yeah. great work yeah. and they they meet people who are ready for that kind of help but there's also this other group of people who are still using and so we need like more of a harm reduction approach for them which is like okay you're you're maybe you're not going to sober up today but if we could get you to not use dirty needles and if yeah. we could mm-hmm. get you out of the street for this day, yep. then we're probably going to make our city safer. 
we're going to make our healthcare system better and we're going to hopefully maybe even free up a spot in the ER for somebody else yeah. who's coming in yeah. off a car Speaking crash health, or something. We end up saving money too because then if, especially with dirty needles and, and, and taking care of people, even if they never go off, if one if HIV patient costs our healthcare system a million dollars. Exactly. There you go. Yeah. Right? yeah. Costs the healthcare yep. system a million dollars over the course of their life. Wow. So never mind just the impact on that person's life yeah. where we could make it way better. All of us, yep, right? Yep. As this healthcare system that we're all investing in every year, mm-hmm. we'd probably rather have that person, you know, clean up and and he could be a functioning member of society. He exactly. whatever. Yeah, it could be a functioning member of society after that, right? And then then you're now contributing to the economy. You're contributing to family life. Right. You're contributing. Yeah, it's, it's a whole big thing, and that that's why it's. I hate where the buck stops at. Oh, they're just addicts. You know, yeah. we just need to get rid of the drugs. It's that's yeah. not how it works. No, I, I, you know, I struggled with alcohol when I was like in my twenties, and sure. um, what I would say is that uh, almost all of us, you know, few things go different in our lives. Like we could be there too. Yeah, and that's yeah. why I try and take the time and stop and talk to people. You know, I talk to people from all walks of life in this job, but I, I also like you know try and be conscientious and patience to talk to people around the street too because trying to ask them like well what happened and you'd be surprised how many people had like pretty normal lives like families jobs and then one thing happened and then next thing you know they're out there on the street some people are as simple as you know they break a leg and then they they get an opioid from a doctor or whatever and then then it just it escalates from there takes it over yeah so yeah so that's what i'd like to see us focus more on is uh root causes prevention you still need the other stuff too, right? Of mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. You still need law enforcement. You still need uh, treatment and all that. But you also need to invest uh, in people when they're young, especially when they're kids. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Um, so on that note, how um, how do you feel about safe injection sites? Do we do that in Manitoba yet? I, I'm I not sure. I think in sure. BC, I think it's starting BC, to become a thing. Ontario, Alberta. Okay. Alberta yeah. has it. Not here. It's been controversial here. <clears throat> And I think it's basically because that's like one of the things that the conservative party is against. Yeah. You know right. what I mean? Like it's part of their identity. Sure. You know, they have yeah. a cheeseburger for lunch and then they oppose <laughs> safe consumption sites <laughs> in the afternoon. That's just like, and I love cheeseburgers, right? Yeah. NEP way is different. We, we have a cheeseburger for lunch and then we support harm yeah. reduction. Nothing against cheeseburgers, just conservatives. Yeah. It's just yeah. an example of like how average and activity it yeah. is for that group, right? <laughs> and uh, we have a uh, Bothwell cheese on top yeah, of yeah. that. There you go. Oh, yeah. yeah. Only so the finest. Put, yeah. put a plug in there. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, the the status is right now. There's a group, the Main Street Project. They they run um, the Martha Street uh, location where people get taken if they're intoxicated. Um, they're trying to get a safe consumption site. Uh, the, provi- the province is not supporting, so they're kind of going around the province and they're going direct to the feds okay, and to the right. city of Winnipeg for support. Yeah, I think it would be uh, I think it would be a good move because, like I said, right now one case of HIV costs the healthcare system a million dollars. Yeah, um, we're also seeing right now in Manitoba babies babies being born uh, with syphilis. Oh right? wow! Which right. is typically that hasn't happened in Manitoba before, yeah. and it's because of IV drug use. Uh, right. So. If, a lot of that use and a lot of that outbreak is clustered around one area, um, around like North Point Douglas, North Main area. Yeah. So if you had a safe injection site there, which is um, going to have like a ton of security features on it, um, then you could hopefully reduce that. And that would help our healthcare system and it would provide an on-ramp for people to get into things like treatment yeah. or, or job yeah. or housing programs like we were talking earlier. And we get rid of the judgment. Like that, that's a lot of the thing. A lot of people seem to lack empathy. 
right. uh, first of all, and then they just start to judge immediately. <laughs> you know, they it, 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 then it kind of it totally misses the point. Like you're not tra- yeah. you're not helping these people by by shitting on them. Yeah, right? I've, I've always been all for safe injection sites myself. Like, yeah, yeah. They, they have a place to go. It's safe. They're getting you know the dose they need. They're not overdosing things like that. Yeah. And you can put things. Well, here's. Here's someone you can talk to maybe to lead you towards some therapy if you want it right now, right? Like you said, some yeah. people you have to kind of give the soft approach. Some are a little harder, but they have to, at the end of the day, it's it has to come from them to make that choice, right? For sure. And if they have the option there and they see it, that that choice is there, they may one day take it, right? Yeah. And I think it goes back to like, this is not a meth crisis. This is an addictions yep. crisis, right? And yeah. so you have people who are out there. I don't know if they say like, hey, I'm a meth addict and I'm only going to do meth today. Yeah. I think it was probably more likely as people are like, I like to party. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And I'm going to use meth if it's there and might pop some pills if yeah. that's what I can, you know, not like they have this monologue, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's, I'm just trying to illustrate it. Right? Get, that. <laughs> get that burger. <laughs> but and not to make light of a serious issue. <laughs> but that, I think that's part of the reason that a, a site would work good too, because for somebody who might be using meth, then maybe you're going to cut down on the the STBBIs, meaning like the diseases mm-hmm. that get spread through dirty needles. Yeah. And then if you have somebody who's using meth or a, a pills, rather opioids, what have you, then it's more about protecting overdoses. But for whatever reason, you get people into the door, then you have a nurse or a public health nurse that they can talk to yeah. and then tell them, Here's how you can get a place to stay. Here's how you can get a treatment program going for yourself, and just give somebody that on ramp. And right now, to talk to, like, yeah, a lot of people. They again, like you said, they have either no way to get in, don't know how to get in, or they just feel so lost that nobody cares. Yeah, and even if they go in there and say they have no intention of getting clean, if they can at least come face to face with someone who, you know can try to help them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because a lot of people, this is the other thing too, uh, primary care, meaning like what you get when you go to a doctor's office. Yeah. That's, that's primary yeah. health care as an example. So right now, if somebody's living under a bridge, right. Uh, or sleeping in a tent throughout the winter, if they don't get the regular checkup from the doctor, chances are more likely they're going to show up in an emergency room with a really severe healthcare problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the emergency room is, is one of the most expensive places <laughs> to care for somebody because you're paying yeah. like you're paying a doctor hundreds of dollars an yeah. hour to look at them, you know, plus the nursing staff, plus the, 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 the healthcare aides when you could have maybe dealt with that system or you could have dealt with that problem in the, in a clinical setting way out, way out months before and before it got to be so bad. Mm. So I think that that's all uh, a really important issue, but to go back to the point you were making about judgment and stigma and all that, I would even argue that you don't need to agree with that. There's going to be people such as myself and sounds like uh, you guys too, who say we should have a destigmatizing approach to, to drug use and to addictions. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of evidence that says that that works. It makes people more likely to be successful in treatment if you don't tell them they're terrible but what i would say to other people who don't accept that you know the friends that you guys are talking about for for example there what i would say is even if you don't um agree with that you should look at a safe consumption site like uh, buckley's cough medicine right <laughs> it tastes awful and it works yeah it tastes yep. it tastes awful and it works meaning even if you don't like the idea of somebody being able to use uh, in this space, you should 
nonetheless recognize that it is going to reduce disease in our society. Yep. It's going to reduce costs in our healthcare system, and it's going to uh, improve safety uh, all around the province. And we're not talking about putting these like all over the place, right? No, we're talking yeah. about very yeah. targeted area yeah. in the areas that really, really are being hit hard. They're not some pot of this shops, stuff. you know what I mean? Like mm. it's, it's not, it's not, not the point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, speaking of Buckley's, I take your point. Very serious. They're making Buckley's taste worse these days. I tell you. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but I had some original stuff recently and I wanted to die. Oh, I was and always a fan of Buckley's. I loved it when I was a kid. I know crazy. I'm strange. I'm strange. But anyways, anyways crap is work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it probably was knowing your dad. Yeah, probably. Um, yeah, no, that's perfect. Um, that's it I have for... for you know, heavy duty questions. Do you have anything you want to touch no, on? No, that was pretty much it that I had too. Cool. Well, we can hit up on if you're game. We do a, a random rapid fire. Uh, okay. First thing that comes to your mind, sort of, sort of question period. Okay. So it's it, it's nothing risque. You're not going to get any political trouble here. <laughs> okay. you might, you might well, get, let's see. Yeah. <laughs> Let me answer the questions <laughs> first. Saying, and yeah. then we'll... Did you have some too, Randy? Uh, no, I don't have any. Okay. Uh, so we just have a few here. Let's let's start here. Okay. It'll, I'll ask both of you. Yeah. You just gotta answer. Uh, okay. Friends or Seinfeld? Seinfeld. Oh, uh-huh, good. Seinfeld. Yeah? Yeah. I haven't watched enough of it. I have to say friends. Yeah, yeah, shit on the internet, whatever. Um, <laughs> is a hot dog a sandwich? No. <laughs> no. Is it a sandwich, mm, right? No, hot dog's its own sure? thing. Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. I know it's between bread, but yeah? it's its own thing. What if What if the bun separates? Then is it a sandwich? You know how sometimes hot dog buns suck and they break open? Or, you know, is it then a they, sandwich? If they cut the sausage in half. Oh, so it has to be flat. Yeah. yeah. Is that what it is? <laughs> because it's but not really, though, Because, eh? yeah. like, a sub or a hero is not flat. Yeah. Yeah. These are the deep questions, yeah. eh? Yeah, these <laughs> guys get cuts. into. Yeah. <clears throat> these are what you bring up in the next debates, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mr. Pallister. This is a hot dog yeah. a sandwich. <laughs> There's no right answer. Yeah. Manitobans want to know. Yeah. <laughs> these are the real issues. Um,. Best Canadian hockey team logo. Best logo. Yeah. Oh, the Jets. Obviously, uh, I have to go with know, that. I don't know about that. You're biased. You have to say that. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Andy? What do you think? Best Canadian hockey team logo. I love the old school Canucks logo, like the old, like the yellow. The V. Like, I just love that thing. The V or the spaghetti? No, skate? like the old, like the the, the skate, the, the circle, and the skate. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, the yeah. skates. Yeah. sexy. Those yeah. are nice. The V is hideous. Oh yeah, the V is <laughs> terrible. <laughs> but uh, I, I think most of Canadian teams' hockey logos suck. Um, yeah. I kind of like the, the the flames, especially with their orange jerseys. Right. Those look sharp. Yeah, it's boring, but it looks nice with the white pops. Yeah. pops real nice. Yeah, currently I would say I, I quite like the Jets. Um, Vancouver's already right too. They I came out with an alternate either. Jets jersey last week uh, for their Wasack night. I thought they, oh. they looked really, really, yeah, those really are quite slick. sharp like actually. With the star yeah. blanket coloring in the background. Didn't they have the, them last cool. year too? I don't think they did the jersey. They did oh. like a uh, they did like a series of hoodies and that's what it was. Right. I love that, that style. Like that. Yeah. yeah, no, I think that's yeah. cool. Yeah, um, that, I yeah. would like that better. I, I I wish the Jets if they made their um, like their winter classic jerseys, their primaries, I'd be all over that. The dark blue and that the, is yes. a beautiful jersey. Yeah. yeah, I love that jersey. Better. Anyways, yeah. um, Eminem or Dr. Dre. Probably ah, that's tough. This is the, <laughs> you stumped me. <laughs> Yeah, because okay, so like a bar from each. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do all of forgot about Dre yeah, and just go, like yeah, yeah, get go. myself canceled <laughs> in politics. Um, yeah, because M obviously, I think M is uh, yeah, just a really good lyricist, and then Dre's made so much good music over the years. It's tough to say. 
I guess probably Dre because he's produced so many artists that you got pretty much everyone in there, yeah, right? Fair. But like fair. he's produced everyone from like R and B singers to yeah. uh, to rappers and everything. Beats by Dre, yeah. <laughs> oh, on the headphones. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even think of that. Which apparently they suck. I've never actually used them, but apparently they're kind of cheap and and oh, yeah? too basic. Yeah, you you can get much better for your for your buck for yeah. sure. Yeah. Suck it, Dre. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> like because he listens. Um, <laughs> Randy Eminem or Dre. Um. Eminem's always my favorite, but I have to go kind of the same route. Like Eminem's a great lyricist, but Dre for what he did for the music industry and discovering so many talents. Oh, you're just sucking up to the guest. (laughs) (laughs) It was Eminem every other week until now. (laughs) I say Eminem all day, but um, (laughs) but yeah, I I take your point. Take Mm -hmm. your point, guys. Don't worry, Dre. I'm I'm with you. Um, Where would you go that you've never been? Ooh, if money was no object. Okay, money is not the object here. It's more like getting your phone hacked. But um, <laughs> Moscow, I'd, I'd like to go to China. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd yeah, like to, fair. yeah, I'd like to to check out China. Yeah. Like I, so I don't know if I can go off in a tangent. By here. all means, yeah, tangentialize. So climate change, I think, is a huge issue of our time. Mm-hmm. But I also think the rise of China is like another massive issue yeah. that mm-hmm. we're not really With paying attention and, to. Belt and Road and Belt and Road thing. Initiative around the world. You, like you look at the whole thing with, um, you know, soy and canola producers here uh, just being almost like collateral damage yeah. in this bigger trade dispute over Huawei and everything. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, China is on the verge of becoming the most powerful country on earth and yeah. it's going to have a huge impact on all of us, not least of which because we're living right next door to the current superpower, <laughs> yeah. right? And there's going to be all sorts of <laughs> yeah, that's other great. situations. So, like, yeah, so I would love to go there and see what's see what it's like and just, you know, see yeah. uh, the culture and to see the economy. And The closest yeah. I got was Hong Kong. I was there last November. And, well, uh, even there, there's, like, huge protests yeah, like, we, for we months got lucky. and months and months. Eh? Somehow, we hit the weekend. There were no protests. They had an election that weekend. Everything was super chill. There's no tourists. The only yeah. issue was the smog because the the time of year it was the wind was blowing all the smog from mainland China over Hong Kong. So apparently in the other season it blows in from the ocean, so it's nice and clear. But we had a nice you know pinkish orangeish haze yeah. over everything. How long was, were you there? Uh, six days. Wow, something like that. Yeah, yeah so that's a, that's long enough to kind of form yeah. an idea mm-hmm. of a place. Yeah, it's fun. And my uncle lives out there, so he's kind of all over the place. But I, going to mainland China is a bit ballsy. I don't know. <laughs> I don't yeah. Know. Yeah. yeah, don't bring your own phone. I would no, say. Yeah, no, yeah. They probably won't even let you use it anyways. Yeah. <laughs> but a friend of mine's gone there and he said, you show up and suddenly like websites don't work. Google doesn't work. Mm. Facebook doesn't yeah, work. There's Things separate just don't internet. Work. Yeah. 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 Great firewall. It's, <laughs> it's great. Yeah. Sounds real fun. Um, Randy, where would you go? Uh, Scotland. Ooh, Scotland. That's, where I, that's where I've always wanted to Good go. Choice. Yeah. Good choice. We, we can wear skirts some, and some castles <laughs> and wear a kilt all day. Yeah. yeah. I went to Glasgow when I was about 18. And, nice. Uh, Paisley. So two stops there. And nice. Yeah. I couldn't understand the single thing that was being <laughs> yeah, said to me. Sure. Like the accent is just on another level. Like you think you've heard a Scottish yeah. accent until you get there. Oh, they're like, thick over there. Uh, yeah. I don't, I'm convinced they're not even saying anything. They're just doing it just it's to freak out tourists. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I don't know. I'm sure but they're like super them. nice people and yeah. good food. Like yeah. there was some good eating Absolutely. over there, I remember. Yeah. 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 I want to check out some ancestry and yeah. see what I can find over there. Made it to Ireland. We never made it to Scotland. But um, Okay, last one. Is it pronounced GIF or JIF? <laughs> oh, GIF. Damn it. Yes! <laughs> yes! <laughs> 
<laughs> See that one I didn't have to think about. Yeah. <laughs> and apparently the inventor says it's GIF, it's but GIF. I I don't believe him. No, yeah. it's, it's GIF. It's GIF all day. <laughs> that's like the running the running arc of our of our show. It seems to be that that's kind of our main contention yeah. is that, that I'm the, GIF. Our very first GIF. episode that was one of our arguments. Yeah. Well, that's like classic radio though. Yeah. You got to have the two yeah. opinions, right? The For counterpoint. Sure. Yeah. And you guys are both wrong, but that's fine. It was uh, it was fun. Uh, <laughs> don't, don't be sour, Edge. Yeah, not at all. Not at all. Not at all. No, I know I'm right. I'm comfortable in that fact. <laughs> awesome. Well, um, I don't have anything else to bring up. We can, um, I guess, plug your social media and stuff, whatever yeah, or whatever you like to put out there. You have any events coming up that you want people to be aware of, or? Yeah, um, just uh, you can check out uh, my social media is uh, Wobber on Instagram, so W A B B E R, and uh, Wob Canoe on the other platforms, Facebook and uh, Twitter. And then um, if you want to know more about the political stuff I do, then you can just check out the party website, mbndp.ca. So just like Perfect. Manitoba NDP, the, the short form of that. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. Sounds yeah. good. Perfect. Uh, before we go, how do you pronounce your full name, your first name? Wobonaquit. 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 I was yeah. reading it and I was like, I think that's how I'd say it, but I'm not going to butcher it in front of a mug. <laughs> yeah, it means, it means great cloud. And so... Right when we left the reserve and moved to Winnipeg, my name got shortened to Wob. Like pretty much as soon as we got to Winnipeg, because nice. nobody at the hockey rink wanted to say uh, Wobonaquit <laughs> or learn learn how to say it. I should say, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the hockey. It's the great equalizer. Hey, pretty much. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. No, I uh, I wish our name said cool things like that. Yeah. Mine doesn't mean anything. No nope, um, either. Anyways, it was great, Wob. Thanks for joining us. Um, I think we touched on some some deep stuff. Some, yeah, it's some been an awesome stuff. chat. It's, it's been great. a lot of fun. Well, thanks for having me. And, yeah. uh, thanks for making the thanks, thanks for coming. Yeah, yeah, that's... Yeah, no, I wanted we to check you guys out, <laughs> listen to the show, and yeah, uh, yeah keep it up. Sounds good. Well, thank, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate thank you. it. Awesome. Well, folks, thanks for listening. Uh, find us on social media at all the normal places, 2Dates Podcast. Um, you'll find us. And check out Wobber and all that other stuff. You know where to find us. I think yep. that's it. All right, folks. Thanks. Bye. Bye.